The following is not intended for younger audiences. The opinions expressed do not reflect the views of the podcaster's employers. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy the one and only Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Welcome, welcome everyone to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that is about it. I am Dude One, Richard. And I am Dude Two, Joe. Welcome everyone to the show. Uh, We have a very exciting double feature. This is also, I guess technically, I haven't really like put a lot of like a lot of excitement into these as I used to, but like this is a season finale, quote unquote, but it's exciting. So, you know, we're episode 110. Yeah, I mean, listen, again, I, I say this every time we get to, like, a milestone episode. I didn't think we'd get past 10 episodes, quite <laughs> honestly. I was actually thinking about this. I'm like, we might have blown our blown our lead with all the Star Wars movies in one episode. <laughs> so think about all the different possible, like, combinations. Uh, but, you know, it, whatever. It's what it is. Guess what it also, is. Just shout I out, think... Wait, shout out to Gifford, by the way, because he was talking to me about this. And he's just like, you know, it's kind of hard for you guys to continue the show because it's two dudes, one double feature, okay? And there's only so many double features you're going to want to talk about. And I'm just like, let's figure it out. We'll just keep, <laughs> it's going to keep going. <laughs> Thank goodness there's so many movies in existence. There's, there's so many movies you got to show me. There's so many movies I got to show you. There's so many movies we need to revisit. So There's so many movies we just need to watch. <laughs> Like, like, period. But uh, thank you for the concern, uh, Giffy. I, I think it's funny, too, because, like, I feel like, though, like, it does kind of make sense to do Star Wars in one whole episode, only because, like, there are days where we're all about it, but then there are days where, like, just fucking Star Wars again. <laughs> <laughs> so it's like, we just do it all at once, we're like, perfect, now we just have this one episode, go watch it, listen to it. And you're good to go. <laughs> and then anything um, else new, we can just talk about, like, in a special presentation or just whatever. something later. Yeah. We got Andor. We got, um, we did the holiday special specifically. Uh, that got its own double feature. <laughs> <laughs> that, 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 listen, like, think about that. The one Star Wars thing that got its own episode. <laughs> Technically, its own, like, official episode. You know, listen. With sexy hair dryer machines. Listen, I, I think about this quote constantly where it's it's like, you know, oh man, you know, I, I don't want to misspell this thing. And this one person would say, listen, if you're spelling that bad, you have to be that good. And I think <laughs> that is very true of the Star Wars holiday special. <laughs> I honestly thought you were about to do a Chewbacca impression or something. Like, to quote, like there's a quote I like and you start going, I can't do it. But... <laughs> I thought you were going to do like... See, I'm thinking about... I'm just thinking about B. Arthur's Cantina. Just one more round, friend. (laughs) (laughs) The one... One one of the few positives about it, about that experience. Listen, (laughs) listen, she's... Like, listen, that's the only character that should have came back at the end of Rise of Skywalker. Just B. Arthur, but instead of a spaceship, it's just her whole cantina launching into (laughs) a Star Destroyer. It's beautiful. And you just hear... And the Emperor's like, no! (laughs) 
like, like not only am I B. Arthur, but I'm all the Jedi and B. Arthur. I'm Ray. It's just B. Arthur fighting. I'm, I'm Ray. Ray who? Ray Arthur. <laughs> A golden girl. Somehow, B. Arthur has returned. <laughs> oh, I was not. That's, that was. Oh, that would have been like a that would have been like a five star movie at that point. B Arthur's back now. B Arthur's back now. <laughs> Good God. Anyway, anyway, away from that. Um, before we get into the double feature, how are you doing? I'm okay. Um, you know, New Year. I don't want to say New Year, New Me. No, but um, not a New you. I mean, you, you seem the same, more or less. Yeah, you know. Um. Uh, I think we, we both we both went to the doctors, not to disclose all of our personal. <laughs> no, we did, actually. We're both personal. We've sh- we had a lot of shared experiences in the past couple of weeks. This, this is very true. You know, and things look generally pretty good. I'm going to uh, start taking some different supplements and, and whatnot. I still got to get blood work. Um, I, I didn't get to do it the other day because they forgot to send the script to uh, where I get my blood drawn. So that kind of stunk. So I still got to do that at some point. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, you know, as far as that stuff goes, I feel, I feel fine. My blood pressure, I felt really good, which was amazing to me because the last couple of weeks in 2022, specifically in November, uh, for me was a shit show. So it was, it, it was nice to be like, okay, I, I feel like. I'm not only back to normal, but better than normal <laughs> in, in, in that respect. Cause I, you know, typically, I typically run high as far as blood pressure is concerned. This is not a mm-hmm. medical show folks. We're not here to offer any medical advice. Just FYI. No, neither of us are doctors or have PhDs in anything or even honorary doctorates. We got nothing. We got, we got diddly squat. Um, <laughs> as, as far as that, as far as that stuff's concerned, um, yeah, but we got we got a lot of like different episode plans uh, on the horizon. You know, we were looking at ahead at different things. Um, you know, talking about different way we've been talking about different ways to uh, expand this show and other components. Um, but we'll we'll get that to you once we have more uh, concrete information. Just a little tease. What's once we've actually tried something, um, like like right now, as far as what we do have already is like we got the special presentation stuff for you guys um and so we actually have i think that's coming out the week because like we're obviously this is the week before this episode comes out so you'll already have this but uh we do have an episode coming out at the end of this week a special presentation that was a lot of fun to do and um we're talking about different ideas for different things uh having uh production meetings if you will about uh (laughs) <laughs> about different things so <laughs> so i think i honestly think uh, 2023 yeah. is going to be an exciting year uh for this show if you like this show which if you if you don't that's okay if you, but if you do <laughs> can you explain please <laughs> like like we're not sure why like we're, we're, we're still we're still trying to, like the best the best uh the best opinion i ever got on this show was from my friend lee and they said yeah it's good to have on in the background i'm like yes you know, I mean, yes. that, that honestly, that's fine by me. If I'm somebody's like background noise for a bit, really, if I could comfort you in that way, sure, this is this perfectly, uh, perfect. Not saying that was the case for them, but you know, hey, I'm just it's nice. It, 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 it's yes, 
Yes, mm. for sure. Uh, but also, uh, but yeah, we're gonna have we have some other plans, other special guests potentially as well mm-hmm. um, this year, which is nice. Uh, but that's all that's really been going on in my world. How are you doing? Well, like like you, I also went to the doctor. I did get some blood work done. Um, they drew blood from my arm, and um, they I it. Pretty much everything was fine. It's just that my my good cholesterol was a tad high, and my bad or my bad my bad cholesterol was a tad high, and my good cholesterol was a tad low, which makes a lot of sense given the way I live my life. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh, just based on the results, my sugar intake was still technically normal, but it was significant. It was like almost to the point where it's like at a risk for being diabetic, right? Which also makes sense because I eat a lot of sugar and I have a sweet tooth. So I need to sort of cut back on on the sweets, which sucks. But I, I you know, I would like to live for a long time. <laughs> I, I, you know, I think I've determined that, especially after turning thirty uh, uh, two years ago. Oh, <laughs> but um, so at least it was nice to hear that, like the vast majority of everything was relatively all right. Um. Like in the normal range, so that's good. Mm. Um, and I also, because I have a thing on my forehead that uh, it's not cancer or anything. It's just like a mole or something. And I just kept attacking it. And so I, my mother was like, "You should get that looked at." And I'm like, "Okay." So then I went to the doctor, and he was like, "Yeah, it's just it's it's not. I don't think it's cancerous at all. So we're just gonna use liquid nitrogen to freeze it off your head." So he just like got a Q-tip and just started like poking my he- poking it on my head. I can't touch it for like two weeks. Which is such like I'm a picker, yeah. So like I I need to like mess with it. So like at best I like rub my eyebrow or like just rub around above my head, <laughs> like just around it. But um, I have technically I've technically bumped into it like at least five or six times, but I haven't like itched it or touched it or anything. And it's definitely like I definitely notice it's there, but I'm trying I'm trying not to do anything with it. But I I, I messaged you and I was like, "Am I Walt Disney now?" <laughs> I had my head frozen. Does that mean I'm Walt? No, no, no. You're not you're not anti union as far as I know. So you're not Walt Disney. No, I like I like when the workforce comes together and uh, you know says, "Hey, we'd like some <clears throat> shit done." Uh, to to have us taken care of. So yeah, I'd say I'm 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 on the side of the union. Nobody's called you Uncle Richard, so, you know, I think uh <laughs> no. No. And and uh I I I my best friend is not a cartoon mouse. At least not that he's told me. So <laughs> I'll have to message Wikey later and find that out. Anyway. <laughs> Wikey wouldn't be the one to have those answers. <laughs> I mean, you have said on record that you are not my friend, or you haven't said officially you're my friend. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'll have that with me forever. Um, <laughs> um, other than that, uh, I, I haven't been doing too much. I've been watching a lot more movies lately, which is nice. Mm-hmm. So, like, I got Shudder finally after so many years of not having it. <laughs> so that was nice. It's only five bucks, so I'm like, yeah, I can, I can deal with that. And so I've been watching some stuff on there. Um, I, I finally watched that one documentary, like horror noir. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Which was really good. Yeah, they talk about um, um Ngagi in that one. They did, and I was like, oh no, <laughs> <laughs> I, I know this movie. 
like, Ooh. but, um, no, I was happy to get that. And I watched a couple of things on there so far. And, uh, today actually I got on the mail, um, Dawn of the Dead. Ooh. Uh, the, the 4k set, which I'm excited to check out. I'm not a big zombie guy, but I've heard this one's really good. And I've seen the Zack Snyder movie probably more than I should admit. So I'm excited to watch something completely different. And then, um, I guess probably the most significant thing I watched is, uh, the Terrifier movies. <laughs> oh yeah. Talk, yeah. Talk about those. I don't know if I, I don't know if I can. Is it, is it just wild? <laughs> it's, it's violent. All right. Like, like just, just for like, we don't like, there's not really like a sensor on the show, but like, you know, we try to be like classy and you know, there's certain things we, we, Given our given our personal lives and like our jobs and stuff, we try not to like go too far into it. Though I'm less concerned than you are, but like at the same time, there's just some things we're like, yeah, maybe we don't need to talk. You about know what? Though we do have L- Richard's letterbox in the description of this, so if you are curious about his thoughts on the Terrifier or anything else, really, you can check out his letterbox. <laughs> yes, like so. If you want to go see what my my opinions are on the movies. Um, like I guess I guess I guess to be specific I don't want to talk about what happens just there's cuz it's a slasher movie and there's a lot of kills but the kills are like yeah <laughs> so that's what I've heard um but like I was curious cuz like I'd heard of the first one and I wanted to I didn't I don't know if I really wanted to watch it necessarily but I I knew it existed and then obviously the second one came out this year and that was one of the, that was a movie that gained a lot of traction crowdfunded 200 uh, quarter of a million dollar budget so micro budgeted film um and it came it, it came home with like 12 million at the box office yeah which is wild so clearly people wanted to watch it and i've heard this one was like significantly better than the first one even with like a glowing endorsement from people that i admire like mike flanagan mm-hmm. who had tweeted about it and said it was really good so i was like okay maybe i'll check it out and uh i saw that um uh, Best Buy actually is the only place you can get the 4K of it. Mm. So like everywhere else has the Blu-ray, but if you want the 4K, go to Best Buy. So I was like, all right, but if I want to watch the second one, I need to watch the first one, and I don't know if I really want to rent it or buy it or anything. So you know, thankfully, on Vudu, it was uh, free with ads, which is probably the funniest way to watch the movie. Oh, I imagine only because That's like. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, just, just picture this. Like, you're watching the movie, and the killer, whose name's Art the Clown, even though he's a mime, <laughs> like, like, it kind of made me think of the villain from that episode of Powerpuff Girls. Do you know what I'm talking about? Where it's like he touch, he touches things, and it turns to black and yes, white. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. It reminded me of that. And so, I'm like, if this, if this whole franchise doesn't end with people like defeating this clown with the power of rock and roll and love and rainbows. Then I I give up. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. So um, uh, like something gruesome will happen, and then because it's free free with ads on Voodoo, it would cut in the middle of the gruesome thing happening. Mm. Like like a character gets sawed in half. That's the the extent of what I'm telling you on that because it's it's mu- it's it's a lot. Right. Um, but uh, it would cut no pun intended, in the middle <laughs> of, of the, the sawing, and it would just cut to this commercial for, like, Best Man's Holiday or whatever, and it's just Terrence Howard going, Fellas, I'm getting married. <laughs> that should have just been your review of, of Terrifier. That was my review! 
That was actually my review on Letterboxd. <laughs> I was trying to remember it's been a, it was a second. <laughs> the, but the, that was so funny that that sort of played it out. But if I'm being honest, I didn't really like the first one. Yeah. It's kind of in it's kind of in the middle of like on one hand it's definitely got that like kind of mid midnight midnight grindhouse vibe with like the music and the look and everything which makes like the more violent aspects at least for me okay only because like it it's kind of going for that over the top feeling so I'm like all right that's good right. and the practical effects are very good I'll give them credit for that cuz the guy that directed these movies is a special effects guy mm-hmm. um but at the same time, like every like there was no like rhyme or reason for why the gore was happening. Okay. So it was basically like borderline torture porn. Mm. Which listen, like there's the if if you're going to do something some gore in a movie, make me care about it and not just like, "Ew, why?" Right. You know? And it just seemed, and especially because it was pointless, it seemed so mean spirited and nihilistic. And yeah. the characters were either mean or undeveloped. Sure, like the nicest characters in in the movie were like these guys that owned a pizza shop and they die violently. So I'm like, cool, Rip pizza <laughs> homies. But, um, thankfully, the director heard this criticism and actually spent like three months developing a like an actual story because I think he said it was a showcase for the practical effects that first one so i'm like okay i get that but if you're still making a movie i want to care about what i'm seeing and not just be grossed out by anything so um so i watched the second one and it is a it is still very excessive in the violence but i cared Mm -hmm. the story was a lot better the characters were a lot better um the the look and feel the things that i liked about the first one remained but um, it was amplified with like a very amazing performance by uh, like the the final girl character in the film. Uh, I think the actor's name is Lauren Levera. We could we could plug it in. So I think that's I think that's her name. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she was excellent in the movie. Very badass. Um, she did a great job. And um, I think they I think they did the killer better because now he seems less like just gross and more like kind of weird mm-hmm. like the, he says he has like a a silliness to him and like there's times i was actually laughing but then he would like go and kill someone and he would kill them for like three minutes <laughs> i'm like can you calm down <laughs> like there's i'll say this much so this is a bit of a spoiler but i won't go too far into it it's just because so there's a there's a scene that's been making the rounds uh that people have been talking about called the bedroom scene which is not the kind of scene you think of when you hear the phrase bedroom scene. Um, there's this character and he, the char- the the art, the clown, the killers, like stabbing her, slicing her, like doing all kinds of gnarly, disgusting things. And uh, he runs out of the room and she's just kind of like trying to get to a phone or something so she can call for help. And then he comes back with a huge thing of salt and bleach. And I'm like, that's that's a little much. Mm, yeah, it's like, ugh. like, like. There's a point. <laughs> there's a cutoff point when you should be like, no, no. So I don't know that that like, again. That's a taste thing. I'm sure. Um, it's just it's it's not for me. It's not that kind of excessiveness. But I liked the movie. Yeah, that's good. So, but it's just like. There was just something, like, something, like, 
if you, it, I don't know, it's just don't go too long with it. Don't be excessive with with gore and violence. Like, be you can be gory, you can be violent in a movie, and it can be crazy and wild and fun to watch and and like a little like stomach turning. But like, don't linger, don't mm. extend. Sure. So, but again, that's just my personal feeling though. But I did like the second one quite a bit, and the ending is insane, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, in like a good way, sure. in like a holy shit, like it's magical. Yeah. So, yeah, that was uh, that was an interesting journey to go on, but I- I'm glad I did it. I'll probably watch the third one when it comes out. Good. So, and uh, yeah, but if you're someone that just again, be warned if you're someone that is easily like grossed out, don't. Just I'm not I'm not even joking. Just don't watch it. Like I know Joey gets a little bit squeamish with certain things. I so do. like even with Joey, I would tell him don't. Yeah, <laughs> don't just don't do it. I like like it's not like like the thing where it's like like it's like the thing in that you can appreciate how great the practical effects are, but it's not like the thing in that like it's so like unrealistic mm-hmm. to the point where like you can probably tolerate it. Yeah, I mean the thing it's definitely like unnerving to watch but i yeah but i imagine on some level like i haven't seen terrifier apps but i imagine there's there's a, a little bit more realism to what's yeah. going on so yeah i'm just gonna stay away from that noted i respect its success yeah. i mean horror that just seems to be the th- the continuing trend horror is one of the the um the movie theater things that is still doing well if you market your movie well and if you have a cool enough, I don't want to call it gimmick, but if you have a cool enough premise, I should say, uh, people yeah. will go out and see it. Um, you know, this, like, this is true. Megan um, just came out, overperformed. It was number two, but it did very well. It cost like, what, $12 million, uh, 12 million yeah. to make? Something like small, that. S- small, small budget movie. And it, it came in and uh, knocked everyone. I mean, we. I mean, admittedly, I was, I was excited from the jump for that one. To be honest, like it's and, and the the screenwriter uh, is the same person that did uh, *Malignant*, uh, which I as as it's been well documented, I I love that movie to death. Yeah, so. <laughs> and we talked about it. We did. So. We did. Um, but anyway, moving beyond there, is there anything else you want to bring up uh, before we get into our major conversation? Um, nothing significant, but uh, I do want to say um, I just want to give a shout out to our friend Gifford because yes. he's been saying that he's feeling a little low not to put his personal business out there but I just want to say Gif you know I know Joey said something earlier but like you know we love you yeah we love you we do and um, you know whatever you're going through hopefully you're able to get through it yeah absolutely so um, we're there <laughs> for you buddy so um, we're going to talk <laughs> That said, speaking of Gifford, we're going to talk about an episode that was very delayed, um, and he was supposed to Jesus be Christ. on it at some point. It's but so, he, it's such a such a longly delayed episode because he was on our Dark Knight trilogy episode, which is an episode I do love revisiting. That is, episode is mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Gifford is great on that episode, but originally Gifford was going to be on what was going to be this episode, um, and this episode. Um, we had, this episode was, was pitched by ourselves, by other people that suggested to us, um, Chris Olivier, who's, uh, an avid listener of the show. Hi, Chris. Yeah. Um, uh, he pitched this, uh, he pitched a version of this in a discussion I had with him a long time ago. And, uh, we sort of 
rearranged it so it would be like what it is now so this this episode's been in in the works not necessarily in the works but like it's been waiting in the wings for a long time and it's finally arrived so boy we're talking about a couple of futuristic satirical cop movies (laughs) which perfect timing (laughs) but But no, these these are these are both genuinely great movies, and they have something to say. Um, but we'll talk about the first one, which is an absolute classic. Joey, Joe Denny Dan, yeah. do two Joe. Mm-hmm. What is this first feature we are talking about today? I I, I you ruined my intro. You want to do that again? I'm sorry, Joe Denny Dan. <laughs> What is this first feature we are talking about today? We are talking about... <laughs> we are talking about the much-sequelized, the animated series, duh, the heavily merchandised, duh, uh, the very satirical Paul Verhoeven Criterion Spine number 23. <laughs> I got this sucker on DVD. It's RoboCop, not the remake, the original. And listen... <laughs> No matter what. Get alive. I'll be on Criterion. <laughs> well, you know what I have to say to anybody who wants to make RoboCop? Stay out of trouble. <laughs> what do you got to say to the kids? Stay out of trouble. <laughs> Can you fly, Bobby? <laughs> RoboCop. Woo! <laughs> woo! Woo! Um... Uh, this is a, this is only the second time I've seen this movie. It's not a movie I watch often. <laughs> that surprised the hell out of me, honestly. But it's not so much in the sense that, like, for you specifically, it's just that it's one of those movies. I just know a lot of people that have watched it. Like so I was like, or I've seen it like a handful of times. Yeah. So I was just I was just kind of surprised that you were like this is the second time ever in my entire life. And then when did you first watch it too? Wasn't that like not long ago as well? Uh, it was over over well over a decade ago. Because um, when I was starting to get into the Criterion Collection, would be like around like 2011. I was also picking mm-hmm. up like the old out of print discs as well, which I don't recommend because makes so much sense it's, for you. It's a very <laughs> it's a pricey endeavor, but I am glad I have RoboCop in this edition. I mean, Richard, I, I'm going to post this on on, on uh, the t- at social media. Look at look at the font. This is such a DVD like thing. <laughs> this is before like we got like, the really like slick Criterion C a long time before then. Like with the clear case, with the clear ca- no. This is uh, this is, <laughs> and then this like pamphlet. Like we talk about, some people talk about the pamphlets today, but yeah, this has a pamphlet too. It's got an essay, but it's just like it's this. I'm gonna sound effects, um, <laughs> ASMR. But, but look at this rich pamphlet. Uh, this is just me showing off my desk. Ooh, um, <laughs> if you guys could see, I'm seeing a black disc with um the words RoboCop in the in the in the classic font, but it's got like a green border around it, and there's like a big like uh mirror like I'm still looking at the disc. I gotta describe it sorry. to them so they sorry. know it. <laughs> Come on, there's like a kind of futuristic design. It's got like some lines going off, like like kind of diagonally. And um, what's it say on the bottom? Is that just say the Criterion Collection Criter- on the bottom? Uh, Criterion Collection, 1987, Orion Pictures Corporation, 1988, the Criterion Collection, all rights reserved. Now listen, this DVD is from 1998. <laughs> I was 
Wait, does it say specifically? It just says, or 19, just says 1998. <laughs> I was either seven or eight. But um, this is also actually the unrated director's cut, which is what we watched um, yes. for this, because that's the only version I have. Because you have the big special Same. edition. Do you, you Yours thing doesn't come with the theatrical version? No, it does. Oh, it does. Okay. Um, yeah, so I was saying, like, I have the same version that you have, more or less. Like, I have the special one that's, like, the 4K. Uh, it's got the theatrical. It's got the um, the unrated cut. It's got everything. Yeah, I just got the, the, the extended cut, which is, is, is fine by me. So, I have you watched the theatrical cut enough to compare it? Not in recent years, but I know I've seen it. All right, so we're, we're definitely not. If you want to know like the differences and all that, we're not. We're not that kind. Go of, on YouTube. Go on I'm YouTube. Sure someone else. Someone has it. Yeah, but this is a movie. <laughs> like obviously, this is like one of the most like quotable movies of the eighties. Like I buy, buy that, that for a dollar. That uh, <laughs> are alive, you're coming with me. Stay out of trouble, Murphy. <laughs> Dick, or like the, the white guys laugh the <laughs> Yes. Oh my god, that that laugh is so great. Uh, <laughs> it's so good. It is so good. Um This is our first Paul Verhoeven movie. We haven't talked about mm-hmm. any other Paul Verhoeven. But and it makes sense for How many of his movies have you seen? I saw you Starship uh well, you did Starship Troopers, right? That's the one I'm thinking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I saw that one a long time ago, but uh, and did he do was he was he Showgirls or am I thinking of somebody else? He he did Showgirls. That was probably his one of his more infamous ones. He had a movie come out not long ago, like I think was it like about a nun that like, yeah. was like a sexy nun movie or something. I heard about that too. Um so Paul Verhoeven's not exactly a filmmaker. I'm like I know of him, but I don't I'm not like intimately familiar um, with his work, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, I've seen I've seen this obviously since we're talking about it. Um, I've seen Total Recall. Oh yeah, that's that'd be the um, other one with with Arnold. Yep, I forgot um, about that. And uh, I've seen Starship Troopers was probably the first one that I watched because that was that one oddly enough played on TV so often. That seems like, like a TV movie. It's 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 kind of strange though, admittedly. Like the first time I ever watched it was like on HBO or something, and uh, I I thought it was great. You know, just just bugs and like space soldiers fighting. Obviously, there's a lot of commentary in regards to like the military and uh, you know stuff like that. But um, you know, it's it, like like Paul Verhoeven's the kind of guy that will have like a lot of satire and something, but. At the same time, he'll want to be like, let's blow some shit up. Let's have some fun. It almost, it makes me think of, like, James Cameron, in a sense, because people, mm-hmm. like, because people might misinterpret the themes or messaging of something, because they're like, this looks so cool! Look at these space movies! <laughs> <laughs> like, oorah, guys, right? Am I right? Oorah! Like, I look up to Miles Courtrich, guys. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, no. <laughs> Not even his own Whoever son that person up is. to him. <laughs> <laughs> his own son the only nice thing he did was save his life oh, no. that's like the bare minimum <laughs> <laughs> that's literally the bare minimum but like yeah that seems to be like his whole shtick and like um i remember i remember it was also one of those movies that because there's also like nudity in it that like there were bits that i would like obviously i couldn't see when i was little but i would sneak and look i'd be like <gasps> mm-hmm. yeah <gasps> you know yeah but um but 
I just remember like just seeing like the giant tank bug thing in the in that one. Yes. And then like um there was that whole bit where he like shot into the tank bug and then he had to throw a grenade into it. Yes. And then it was just like <laughs> That was pretty cool. Yes. Um but other than that, like I haven't um I haven't seen I, I don't know what else he's done. If I'm being honest. Let me just uh I'll take a quick look just to because he deserves it. Um, mm-hmm. As a director, it's a lot of, like, <laughs> there's a bunch of movies here. Um, uh, Benedetta, I think, is the nun movie. Uh, Hollow yes. Man, obviously, Basic Instinct. Oh, I've seen that. Basic Instinct. Hollow Man. Hollow Man. I have not actually seen Basic Instinct, but I've seen Hollow Man. Hollow Man, um, if I'm being honest, is not that great. Gotcha. Um, yeah. I mean, there's a number of movies on here, but obviously, like, RoboCop is one of the is is like the t- you know I think if you ask a lot of people like RoboCop, Total Recall, Starship Troopers, Showgirls, depending yeah. on who you talk to, um, you know. But uh, this movie, it it's it's in like a dystopian uh, Detroit, Detroit, Detroit Rock City. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's in Detroit, you know. Um, this is our second. This is our second, like, like dystopian ish Detroit movie. Are you talking about the, oh, the Crow? The Crow. Um, aren't they? Uh, I mean, I was also thinking about only only lovers left alive because they also have a Detroit. That is that is set in Detroit, but it's not like a dystopian Detroit. It's more like just a part of Detroit that's like run down. Yeah. Also, shout out to the Detroit Lions. Way to finish. Way to finish your season. Congrats, guys. You got you 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 know you didn't make the playoffs, but it's it's nice that Green Bay is not there. Um. <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I do know. I, I don't know anything about football, but yeah, uh, <laughs> I just know I don't particularly care for Aaron Rodgers. So, <laughs> well, they're, they're, so that's that's a plus it. for me. There you have it. <laughs> um, like they went in that game knowing they were not going to get into the playoffs, but they were like, you know what? We're just going to spoil somebody else's party. I admire that. Yeah. Oh yeah. So Detroit, uh, things are, are bad because, um, like the, the, the cops are owned by a corporation basically. Yeah. They're corporate owned, which is still like, it's not that far. Like, I don't, I'm not going to get into too much of that, but I think, uh, you can watch the movie <laughs> and find out. Um, yeah. And so, like, like the corporate, I forget what what is the name of the corporation. Uh, is it this this uh, OCP? OCP, thank you. Mm-hmm. The Omni so like OCP Omni Consumer Products, more specifically. Ah, so OCP Omni Consumer Products. Um, they're basically pitching these different ideas to like enhance the police force in Detroit. One of them is a like giant robot with like mantis manta leg like bug legs and like machine gun arms you have 12 seconds to comply or 20 seconds i don't know it was 20 um, yes yeah so um there was that and that one didn't work out so well <laughs> so um uh this other dude um played by miguel uh, miguel ferrer um miguel ferrer yes um uh, he plays uh, like this, this, this one of the corporate guys, and uh, he has a different idea that he's been working on called the like it's like a, the RoboCop program or whatever. Yes, and 
uh, because the like the like VP or like the main like the second in command dude who had the 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 guns dick <laughs> is his name I remember that only because of uh, everybody just going dick and also because my name's Richard mm-hmm. but Dick's um, machine did not work so uh, this other guy excuse me came in and was like. What if, uh, we already got my thing ready to go, so if you want to try that, since this one sucked, clearly. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. And then Dick's like, you fucker. You fucker. You son of a bitch. I'm gonna eat you alive. You don't know, you don't know the connections I have. I'm a corporate man. (laughs) (laughs) I have a suit and a desk and a room with a view. I will fuck you up, sir. That doesn't, what, it's not what he says, but that's what it feels like. Yeah. Um, so basically they, they, they're getting their RoboCop program started, but of course they need a candidate. Now jump to, um, the police station that we're set at, um, the cops are not particularly happy with the conditions and they want to strike. They want to actually like get better conditions. And then of course, like the, the chief of police, like the head guy at that state at that precinct is like, don't do that. Just don't, it's, it's hard enough. Just don't. And this new guy shows up. Murphy, good old Murphy, played by Peter Weller, a.k.a. Um, old Batman from the Dark Knight Returns animated movie. <laughs> he, he's perfect for that uh, that iteration of that character. He is, actually. He was very good. Um, so, but it's, the funny part, too, is that, like, when I think of Peter Weller and I think of his voice, I think of, like, a tough guy. And he's got, like, a great jaw, like, he... he great jawline, great bone structure in his face, but, like, he kind of looked like, like, a skinny, like, Hawaiian guy, <laughs> like, 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 with his Hawaiian shirt, and, like, like, a, like, a guy that was, on, like, a white guy on vacation, I guess is what I'm trying to say. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think I, I think I described him as, like, Danny Tanner's, uh, <laughs> uh, a long-lost brother from Full House. <laughs> oh, my God, can you imagine? <laughs> Which, <laughs> just Peter Weller shows up on Full House. That would have been that actually would have been pretty great, honestly. <laughs> Wanna check some wood? Dead or alive, you're coming with me. <laughs> <laughs> I'm that was I'm glad that was the reference he went with. Stay out of trouble. You got it, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever uh, happened but- to Robo? I came and visited the Tanner family. <laughs> Bobby, can you fly? <laughs> can you imagine? Can you imagine? Uh, well, that that needs to be an image. Just the Tanner family, full house, eating their picnic in San Francisco, and then RoboCop just sitting there with his baby food. <laughs> <laughs> but but anyway, so so he shows up and he's 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 you know he's relatively excited. But, you know, he's like, it's a job. And we learn a little bit about him that, you know, he wants to be a good role model for his kid. And he's got a pretty solid family relationship. He's, he's very close to his wife still. He loves his kid. Like, there's that bit when he's twirling the gun because he wants to be, like, the cool guy in the show that his kid watches. Um, what's his partner's name? I forget. I'm uh, forgetting a lot of the names. Well, uh, it's, it's Officer Lewis, um, Anne Lewis, Lewis, played by Nancy Allen, who's quite good. Um, who's good? She's in she's very good. Uh, but Lewis is his initial partner, and um, they 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 take a call, and the call is in uh, pertaining to Kurtwood Smith, another sitcom dad. <laughs> 
You know what's funny too? It was like one of the only other na- uh, names I really remember watching this movie was was uh, was it Boddicker? Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> which is just, and he's so he's so great um, in this movie. <laughs> he, he's clearly having so much fun being an absolute asshole. Yes, in the movie, and it's funny because like 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 Kurtwood Smith. I think Kurtwood Smith's an incredible actor. I actually saw him in person once at San Diego Comic Con, which was funny. He was he was walking with Molly Shannon to like a panel or something, and like there was card, there was like obviously there's like people around to protect them, but it was just be like, oh look, it's both of them. <laughs> <laughs> like I don't know what they're here for, but it's cool to see it's them. It's the two of them. So, um, but like it's funny because like he's always seems to be, and maybe it's because he looks mean. I don't know, but he's always kind of typecast as like a mean person. It's like Red Foreman, obviously, on that '70s show is like he, like he was a good dad, but he was like you know he was very strict. Yeah. He was like, "I'm gonna stick my foot up your ass." That was his quote. Yeah. Um. Obviously, I think of him too in uh, the Dead Poet Society, where he was like the super strict father that led to his kid committing suicide. Mm. Which that's a great movie. Not to like lead into that just by like saying like there's a kid that commits suicide. Great movie. No, it's like it's just genuinely a great movie yeah, that man. I recommend to everybody. Right, right. It's just unfortunate. Like that that scene is actually it it breaks your heart severely. Yes. Um and then of course there's this where he plays like an absolute asshat. Like he's like he's the uh like the the maniacal villain that's under under control of like the corporation or whatever. Yeah, so uh Murphy and Lewis go to try to stop Kurtwood Smith and uh, his gang, but uh, it does not end well. And uh, poor Murphy gets gunned down, his arm gets blown off, he gets riddled with bullets, and eventually shot in the head. Mm. So herein lies an opportunity for OCP in their RoboCop program. So they're like, let's take this guy and uh, let's beef him up. Let's let's put him in like a robot suit, make him a cyborg, and uh, have him be our our robocop our 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 new machine to help patrol the streets and and for a hot second he becomes the new thing like everyone's like this robocop is he's is he gonna protect the streets like oh it's robocop yay mm-hmm. and we see we see him do a couple of things like on his first job like he uh he saves a woman from being attacked by two thugs and he say he uh stops a a, a guy from robbing a convenience store there's a there's a bit uh with a mayor that's a little it's a little too uh <laughs> it's, it's a little too uh close to home let's say or like it's a, it's, it's it's a little too uh uh relevant let's say okay I think that's better okay yeah <gasps> you know january 6th kind of stuff if you know what i'm saying oh god <laughs> um but yeah like it's it all seems to be going pretty well but of course um the whole there's that whole aspect of him like is he is he this machine does he have any of murphy left in him at all and like a little bit of that starts kind of coming through the cracks so that's that's kind of more or less what the movie is and then like towards the end it's like a big thing and there's a shootout and stuff it's it's a lot of fun mm-hmm. yeah i'd buy that for a dollar sure <laughs> you know um but no you so you said this was the second time you ever watched this, and it that that amount of time that had been between the first time and this time, like what was what were you, what were you feeling going into it? 
I mean, I figured I knew I was going to like probably have a good time with it. Cause I enjoyed it the first time I knew I've known people where this is like one of their fi- like five favorite movies. <clears throat> um, like is their identity somewhat? Yeah. Uh, okay. but they, but they're people who I not, who know like the satir, like there are people obviously where like the satirical thing goes over their head and they're just like, is it RoboCop? Cool. <laughs> <laughs> Which part of it, that's part of the appeal. Yeah. But uh, it's also yeah. like, you know, it is like one of those movies where we watch it, you might watch it as a kid and you're like, oh yeah, this is so cool. And then you watch it as an adult. You're like, this is still really cool. But also like, oh my God, all the satirical elements are not very far off. Um, no, it's no, they're it, not. It's uh, so it wasn't a movie. I was like, you know, there are some movies where you're like, oh god, I I am dreading revisiting this because my I fear my evaluation is going to be like diminish after like mm-hmm. after seeing. And I'm like, no, this is, it's a great movie. It's extremely well made. It's well shot. I think um, I love the stop motion. Uh, the stop motion effects. Phil Tippett worked on uh, this movie. Phil Tippett, uh, of course, recently uh, had Mad God, which is also on Shutter. I know you were talking about that a bit. Um, mm. and, uh, uh, Rob Bottin worked on this movie as well. Bottin, of course, infamous for the creature effects in the thing, um, which really, really great work on that movie. Um, everything's coming back. <laughs> and then he also, cause I, I, and it made sense. Cause I think about the sea where the one henchman guy is affected by the radioactive, like waste. Yeah, that was, that was pretty gnarly. That was gruesome. That was very, very gruesome. Um, just as a, somebody who's been getting into Twin Peaks, the fact that there are three people, at least three people from Twin Peaks, <laughs> uh, I just want to call them out. We we talked about uh, Miguel Ferrer um, already. Right, Miguel Ferrer, um, Ray Wise. Ray, Ray Wise and uh, Dan O'Harely, who... Uh, Dan O'Harely plays uh, Andrew Packard on Twin Peaks, but also, if you're like a cult horror fan, he was also the main bad guy in... Halloween three season of the witch and, and if you're a horror fan, Ray wise, uh, plays Alec Holland in West Craven swamp thing movie. I love Ray. Dude, so. you got to watch twin peaks. Ray wise. Like I was, I was watching it with Mike and he might be the best part of the show as far as mm-hmm. like an actor is concerned. Cause it's such a very, spe- it's a very specific energy, but he's also very good in, in this, uh, in this henchman, uh, capacity. Hmm. Now, like, it's funny, too, because, like, I, I was I was watching the movie, and I was like, wasn't he, didn't he do, like, voice work at some point? And I actually remembered he was the voice of Commissioner Gordon in the Killing Joke movie. <laughs> That's so, I mean, I could totally see that, but, man. <laughs> like, I thought it was, like, he was on the show, too, but I'm like, this doesn't sound like Commissioner Gordon, so where, where was this? And I'm like, oh, that's right. Yeah. That movie. Like, that's a, that one. That's an otherwise, like, really good casting decision honestly <laughs> otherwise really good casting decision yes it's um, just you know unfortunate but i think that, like <laughs> my fa- turned out the way it did but i like i like um that obviously because robocop i think i actually really like about robocop um and obviously it's one of those like it's super violent and a lot of bad like stuff happens but like robocop has to follow mm-hmm. a code and then the fourth objective we find out was a secret like like backdoor thing where it's like oh you can't arrest anybody who's like in charge at the co- you can't arrest people in charge of the company um, no, you know, but which, which you can't arrest your boss. You can't arrest your boss, but I love the way that that's paid off. Where uh, Dan O'Harely is like, "Dick, you're fired." <laughs> Boom! <laughs> <laughs> and I love the little second stop- person to die in that office. I mean, Dick Jones also, by the way, is a great villain name as well. 
<laughs> it really is. And I love, I love, I, and again, coming as someone who is a, a Richard yeah, who has that unfortunate you know thing. Mm-hmm. Not to say that it's unfortunate for everyone named Richard. I'm sure there's some people that don't mind being called Dick and like that's their prefer, and that's great. Um, but like obviously in this movie they play that up a little bit. So like people that are mad at him call him Dick. They're like, listen, Dick. Yes, yes. <laughs> but um, uh, but then like Kurtwood Smith at the end, like after he's like, I'm gonna like do something really good for you. And he's like. I'm glad we're still friends, Richard, or whatever he says. <laughs> yeah. But he calls him Richard, and I'm like, I see. I see what you're doing there. Yeah. <laughs> I, I see. But Dick Jones is a great villain, actually. And like, But I also just love, um, like, is it, it's such a great name to say, oddly enough. So, like, Kurtwood Smith going, I work for Dick Jones! Dick Jones! <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Um... <laughs> But but RoboCop really gets his ass kicked later on in, in, in this movie. It does. He oh my god! <laughs> when he gets shot like, down by like, like the two legged uh, two legged thing, he barely escapes with his life. And then like the cops <laughs> are after him too. He's just rolling in a parking garage. Because like when he when he first goes on the scene, like he's bulletproof. He's like unstoppable. He's like an unstoppable machine. Um, and then like as he starts like trying to figure out it, who who was I. Who was I before? Um, that's when that's when uh, things start to get crazy. On that note, um, speaking of like uh, like getting beat up and stuff, like there's a point when he takes his helmet off, and you see his face, which is like attached to like the cybernetics and everything. Um, the practical effects on that are very good. They're really it's really impressive. Um, honestly, what they're able to do here. Um, looks, it does, you're right, it does look really great. Like, even just by today's standards, granted, by today's standards, we don't get a whole lot of practical anything, but, um, like, especially, like, suits. I mean, I think about, like, the Marvel movies with, like, the Iron Man suit. Like, obviously, yeah, it's gonna do all these impossible things, but it gets, I'm thinking about, like, Civil War, where Iron Man, like, Tony's having a conversation, and I'm like, he's not there. He's no. not, like, he's not there. Like, it looks so bad no. in, so, in some in some of those, like, scenes. And it's like a 200-something like, million dollar production. Like, you got the money, pay people, get the practical effects, get it going, let's have a good time. But we can't, because we gotta keep making, like, 80 zillion of these. We gotta keep cranking the machines. We, we gotta make 80 zillion of them. They have to make a billion dollars the first weekend. No, because... It can't, it can't be... <laughs> It's like Metropolis. Yeah. <laughs> we gotta feed the monster, the machine. We gotta feed that machine. It 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 needs more. Um, oh my god! Now I'm picturing like all the MCU characters just going crank. <laughs> we gotta crank. talk about that movie one crank. of these days. Um, and then it's just it's just Kevin Feige going, "This is what I made." <sighs> <laughs> Kevin, what? Kevin, Kevin Feige, like the, the movie, like the, spoiler alert for. Um, metropolis but the end of the movie is kevin feige but it's instead of like like the the rich guy it's and like the the laborer guy from like beneath it's like a special mm-hmm. effects union guy and kevin feige <laughs> <laughs> it's like the head the head in the hand is the, between the head the mediator between the head head and the hands is the, the heart hand. so where's the heart i don't know speaking of which i don't know if you like you've seen you've seen the complete metropolis right like the oh yeah yeah the music slaps uh that that intro music is so great but this movie 
is ter- it's still back terrific. to RoboCop. I think I, I'm, I feel like I feel like we haven't focused on on RoboCop as no, much as we should. But you know what? I think it's one of those movies where it's also it's also like the the director's cuts like 103 minutes. That's a nice runtime for any movie. Yeah. Honestly, I feel like I'm I'm able to get enough development from um from Murphy as a character. I like the way the flashbacks are done. One thing I wanted to note too is when they're like. It's sort of like the in-between when he's dead, like, sort of dead, and then, like, he you, he's revealed as RoboCop. You see, like, the computer screen from, like, his POV. It's kind of interesting yeah. to see, like, a 1080p picture, but it's still, like, not perfect, because it's from this robot. <laughs> <laughs> it's got, like, the lines on it, like a filter on it to make it look like it's it's cybernetic. Yeah, and, um, I, and I really felt bad for him there, because they're like, oh, we're going to wipe, or we're going to take off his arm. We want the whole thing to be... Well, the, basically, the whole yeah. thing would be cybernetic. You're like, damn. It's like it's like basically the whole the whole point of the movie is that no one gives a shit about human beings. <laughs> no, no, it's like, they don't. It's like it's all about the money. It's all about you know what's best for the company, what's best for the project, not best for you know the people. Like you know, I'm sure Murphy, like he's dead, yes, but he probably would have preferred um, a funeral. Uh, his family to be well compensated. Yes, and for them to be able to grieve and move on, and not like questions and a whole mystery and like you know oh by the way he's also a robot and now he's gonna have to wander around going like was this my house right like was this my wife and then like when when lewis finally like helps him learn that his name is murphy i loved the bit at the end when he's like when he's like what's your name murphy i like that yeah that was nice but like when when she's like listen you know your wife and your kid they had to move on so she she found someone else, and so like that that kind of breaks your heart a little bit. But it's un- it's like you understand at the same time. Yeah, like, they got to move on. Mm-hmm. But it's like he could have just he's like I'm pretty sure Murphy's like I could have just been dead and been so much better off. It would have been a lot cleaner uh, for him, a lot cleaner. And now I'm just stuck. And now there's sequels, <laughs> and there's a uh, an animated series and a television series. Man, this this like, rated listen, R thing we, has so many like. Can we, can we talk about that for a second? Like yeah, how sure. strange it is that there was there was a point in human history where some corporation was like, "Hey, this R-rated movie that that actually like jazz kids up a little bit. How about we turn that into a cartoon?" But you know, but it's I think it's a trend of like there's the a bunch of these movies where people do see them at a young age. Like I think T two is also one of those movies where people watched it on HBO or whatever as a kid, or they were you know their parents took them to see it. Um, Fur- uh, not Fury Road, sorry. Uh, the Road Warrior, the second. <laughs> Could you imagine if Fury Road got an anime? I would actually watch the hell out of that. <laughs> that'd be, but, but not even just like animated stuff, but like kids were watching this stuff and there were toys. Yeah. Marketed, like marketed at children, but also even today, like kids play, kids play Call of Duty and that's, you know, yeah. that's, I'm pretty sure that's an M rated game. There's, that is a, that is a, that is an R rated experience for sure you know so i think it, it's just one of those things where it's just like i think they know the they know who their audience uh was potentially going they do. to do <laughs> they do it's just it's just that weird feeling of like this r-rated movie that yeah it has a lot of cool shit that kids could like in it but at the same time it almost makes me think of like small soldiers because that's kind of the point of small soldiers yeah it's like let's market to children awful shit yeah that, kids should not be privy to mm-hmm. at the end of the day like and like they did that with beetlejuice like i i don't know if we brought that up when we did the episode i imagine we did but like yeah you know because beetlejuice is very much not a movie for kids no but it, it got an animated show it got toys um it got marketed that way um beetlejuice became like revered and like like 
like put it put into that camp of like villain characters that people like admire. Yes. Which is a little fucked up. Yep. Um because especially because Beetlejuice is not a good person. Um great villain, just not a good person. <laughs> no, no, not at all. Um but it, it, it um, yeah, it definitely does exist sort of in that weird um that, that weird space. So it's like like again, like you, you can understand why, but it's still like weird that someone was like, Hey, hey, what do you think? So I don't know. I want. I'm like. I'm surprised that hasn't happened recently. Because like, I feel like, like if I was a kid, like if I was younger and I saw like Fury Road, I would have been like, hell yeah, yeah. Like look at all the explosions. And then like like Warner Brothers would just go like, what about a, what about an animated series? But then again, like nothing gets marketed to kids anymore. And if it does, it doesn't make anything. I feel like if anything, unless it's like a franchise, the closest thing would be like a Stranger Things. Or like something that could be like Stranger Things poked on TikTok. Like imagine kid I imagine I haven't seen it. I imagine kids are all over Wednesday. You know? Oh yeah. Like, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. Not that they're those shows are like I, I mean I haven't seen them, but like but I think about Like they're like like young adult sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah, like kids, I can definitely see watching those, but like but like I was speaking like in general too, because like we talk about that a lot, just the fact that like family movies don't really get you know they get out there, but then they don't really get advertised. But if it's a French, if it's like Minions, or if it's like Frozen or something, then it's like yeah. Or you know, it's a Disney thing, and then it gets like thirty days in theaters, and then it just gets dropped on Disney Plus. People watch Strange World. It was a good movie. I know it didn't get advertised, but just watch it. It's actually a solid movie. Take Richard's word for so. it. It exists, <laughs> and it's worth watching. Um, so give it give it a watch, but, but yeah, RoboCop's definitely in that ballpark of just sort of like strange, yeah, thing like like R rated kid movie. Like it's one of those <laughs> movies where like it's, it's almost like an origin movie for I feel like for a lot of kids where it's like you get into something. It's like I feel like this is like the origin point for a lot of people. Um, yeah, but I think it. I, th- I think you and I both agree it still holds up. It's still I think it's still a great movie endlessly yeah endlessly quotable uh it looks great relevant still relevant you know obviously um yeah i mean there's not much you can really say about this movie it's just like it's great (laughs) like if you haven't seen it yet i mean check it out um and uh listen i'd buy that for at least a dollar (laughs) i I think i bought it for 30 something (laughs) i i don't remember what i spent on my out of print criteria dvd but i think i spent 20 bucks on the blu-ray so at the very least, we spent a dollar on on every copy we've had. So that says something. Um. Anyway, I think we're gonna. I think it's a good time as any to take a brief, brief intermission. And when we come back, uh, Richard, I don't know if I told you this, and I don't know if you're you're gonna exactly like understand it, but we're gonna project this podcast in three D. <laughs> are we Are we getting three dimensional now? Three dimensions. Stay tuned. God damn it. And we're back! Welcome back to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. In our last segment, we talked about RoboCop as well as a lot of other things. 
<laughs> but we, you know, we talked about RoboCop. Now uh, we're actually going to talk about another uh, satirical dystopian cop movie, but from a diff- from a bit of a different lens. Um, Joe Denny Dan, what is this uh, film we are discussing today? Richard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. I say this with a permanent frown on my face. Uh. <laughs> we are talking. We are talking about. We're talking about the the, the cult classic 3D action satire movie with Carl Urban, Lena Headey, and that anime-haired-looking girl. You mean Olivia Thrillby? Or Olivia Thrillby. Thrilling. <laughs> it's dread. I do not dread discussing this episode. I am actually looking very much forward to discussing dread. Judgment time. <laughs> and it was pretty good. That's my judgment. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, <laughs> uh, yes. Dread. Um, dread. You know, dread. From D R E D D D R D D D D R E D D. I said I. I think of the way I spelled it originally would have been. I am Judge. That's horrible. I am. I am Judge Three D. Literally, because there's three D's in his name. Which, you know, no, we're going to start with that, honestly. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> so, um, uh, yeah, so this movie came out in 2012, and this was during the height of the sort of 3D movement that was kicked off by Avatar in 2009. But this was also during a time period when, when it came to 3D, the conversation was, will you be converted into 3D? Are you going to be shot in 3D? And so, like, when you were converted in 3D, which was the mo- majority of the time for a lot of movies, because everything hadn't planned to be in 3D, then it was like, oh, we want that extra money that comes with a 3D price tag. So let's let's convert it into 3D, and no one will notice. We did. Mm, we totally did. Uh, <laughs> but Dread was not one of those movies. Dread was like, nah, we're going to shoot this bitch in 3D. We're going to go full We're gonna go full tilt with this. And so uh, this one uh, was shot entirely uh, with 3D cameras. And for the first time ever, on Two Dudes, One Double Feature, well, at least at home, because technically, you know, we watched Way of Water in 3D, all three of us, when we talked about that. But the first time at home, we've watched movies for this show, or at least Joey watched a movie at his home in 3D. And yes. yes, I did. As he constantly would tell me. As he was watching it, and even after he was watching it, and watching other 3D movies, I just wouldn't get it. But I did, Joey. I get it. No, you don't. Thank you. <laughs> you have no idea how happy that made Richard, folks. I hope you can hear how he's smiling, his laughter, the way his face is just red with joy and glee that I quoted that Sam Neill movie, Dress World of... No. <laughs> Possession! Possession! Because what possessed him to do Jurassic World Dominion? Paycheck. (laughs) (laughs) Ching. Anyway, 
Uh, so yeah. Anyway, so we yeah, <clears throat> Joey Joey had a 3D experience. So talk talk about that. So um, so I understand. <laughs> no, yeah. So let me talk about this because for a while, for a while, for a period in time, it was common for like movies that were released in 3D to have a 3D combo pack. Yeah, you know. So you have a three. You have a, like the 3D Blu-ray, the Blu-ray, the DVD, and the digital code. I have yeah. Life of Life of Pi like that. Avatar, I have a 3D version of um, the Creature of Black Lagoon Blu-ray comes with the 3D version. And I didn't know this, Revenge of the Creature, the sequel, when you get like the Legacy Collection version, mm-hmm. has a 3D version of Revenge of the Creature, because that was an old 3D movie as well. Oh. But, <clears throat> um, and then like a bunch talking, of Disney movies too, I imagine you probably have in 3D. I mean, especially those Disney re-releases like Lion King, mm-hmm. Beauty and the Beast had a, had a 3D, you know, 3D disc um, out there. And, um, you know, like 3D TVs were a thing. I have a 3D TV and my PlayStation 4 is 3D capable. And they only recently gave up in manufacturing and selling those. So it was a thing for a while. Yeah. Um, but I mean, like, you know, it's kind of a crazy thing because Alita has a, has a 3D edition when you buy the 4K, Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, I hadn't watched anything in 3D in a while. I think the last thing I might have watched was Pacific Rim in 3D, which looked really cool. But I watched Dread in 3D, but I'm gonna, which I'm going to get to. But afterwards, you can ask Richard. I had my own 3D film festival, basically. Yeah. I sampled a couple discs, uh, yeah. particularly Life of Pi and Avatar. And Life of Pi especially um, really impressed me. Just the sh- It really adds to, like, the awe and wonder of what's going on. Like, there's, like, shots of, like... So the the sky is just like this beautiful orange, and so is the water. And you you it's like it's not like things are popping out at you. It's just you can see the depth. Mm-hmm. The depth of the image is incredible. Um, and there's a number of other scenes that are great too, like the flying fish scene. Of course, everybody talks about in Life of Pi. Um, but 3D, it it when used right, really does alter your experience. It does change it. Um, it's just sadly that most 3D experiences that people have had are not life-changing, and even if they are well done, most people can't justify the cost, which I understand. Um, like, I mean, it's kind of crazy to think about with Avatar, it's kind of like, when the first Avatar came out, 3D was the new thing. Now this Mm -hmm. Avatar, Way of Water comes out, it's like a throwback. It's like, what? It's like, oh, this feels so retro. What? Like, Whoa! What like old people happen, used to man? watch movies in 3D. Oh God! <laughs> oh, right it's, in the it's, age. Listen, man, uh, we're just not Gen Z, man. We're, we are millennials. <laughs> yes, yeah, true. Um, we, we are but my, Gen Z. but my my experience with the 3D in this movie was actually really quite good. It was one of those 3D discs where it's both the 3D version and the Blu-ray. On regular Blu-ray are on the same disc, um, so you go you you get the the Dread disc. You have both basically, mm-hmm. um, which is nice. And, which is it's a nice bonus. And honestly, I have to say, I was very impressed with the 3D in this movie, and uh, particularly the shots where we see like the building, like like certain angles of like the buildings um, in this universe, where it's just like wow, I'm able to really see the depth. Or um, there are like fun like popping moments. Like when they're uh, like hallucinating, those there's a, l- a number of those sequences, and the like, little sparkles and the smoke of particle effects in 3D are great. 
They're yeah. really great. And some of the splatter, you know, when the action scene comes on, obviously it's a lot of fun too. Um, so it, 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 3D, listen, like Richard, I'm sure had a good time watching this movie again, but he had an experience that he, I had an experience that he could not fully comprehend. I mean, I, mean, and, and I, I mean that both in a joking sense, but also <laughs> you can't, you can't. <laughs> I mean, I just, I, the first time I ever watched the movie was in 3D. So I mean, I thought you said you didn't. No, I did. I oh, saw you did? 3D, I saw it in theaters in 3D. Is that what, is that what this uh, all is about? Yes. <laughs> oh, no. I, yeah, I do know the, that. The way, cause the, uh, sorry. Okay. No, you do. So I take back everything I said. <laughs> It's okay. <laughs> it's but, just just some miscommunication, that's all. No, so, I ha- but I'm sure I'm sure the average person though who's like cuz this is a cult movie now. They're not watching it in 3D. They're watching it on some streaming service and they're watching it in 2D and I'm sure it looks great in 2D anyway, but there's a component of it that is that is lost when you watch it in 2D. Also, I just want you to know cuz I have the 4K now. Um 4K looks good. But it doesn't list on the 4K that it's a 3D disc. However, because the 3D disc and the Blu-ray disc are the same thing, it should still be the 3D Blu-ray. So, yeah, it even says in the back, the third dimension feature or something, I don't know. But, like, it does say that, yeah, it says uh, 2D and 3D versions are on the second disc. But it doesn't say initially, so... Yeah, I mean, because also, yeah... Yeah, I'm just saying if you if you decide to upgrade and get the 4K, you will. And, but you have the capability to do 3D. You can. Um, yeah, because people are wondering, oh, what about 4K 3D? N- not unless you're in a theater. <laughs> like, uh, as far as I know, as as far as yeah. I understand it, uh, you can't really. It, it, the technology do just they, do, probably like, never be, be there. I don't think that, did they even make a 4K 3D TV? I don't even think they did. No, I mean, no. I, I think because there's too many components you have to think about, you're either going to have, okay, we could do this in 1080p 3D, or you can do, or, or you can do 4K. Like, those, like, it's, like, it's one options. of those things, like, and again, because 3D for a lot of things is, is inessential, so it just makes sense just to have things, um, you know, just to have things in 4K. Yeah, and I mean, like, like, they have, like, you can get, like, a Sony 8K OG o- OLED, uh, you know, 65-inch flat-screen television if you want these days. But it probably still... But 3D is probably not going to be a thing ever again, at least as far as home experiences are concerned. But I'm sure uh, the market... what It'll become like... like what, it'll, be, it'll be in the same ballpark as like VHSs or like... Uh, or uh, vinyls, you know? It's like it's that retro thing like, oh, you know, I gotta get the 3D experience, you know what I mean? So I can I've see thought about getting the uh, yeah. I've thought about getting a 3D projector potentially because I do have a giant projector screen. Listen, I'm surprised you haven't bought it already. Because <laughs> it's like, dude, it's like how, how intensely man. you've thought about it. How much is it? It's like hundreds of dollars. It's hundreds, hundreds. So like, like three uh, more. <laughs> Six. Because probably closer there yeah okay um but it might be cheaper in other avenues but the thing is too with like you need a certain amount of lumens like i've heard at least three thousand lumens you need for good 3d picture because obviously when you put on the glasses it's a little darker so Um, it needs to like you you really need to knock your socks off but with the 3d presentation so let's let's talk to the plot of this thing all right so uh 3d aside um 
So this is essentially a riff on Die Hard, more or less. But obviously the world is very different, and the main character, you could argue, is not... He's not the most likable person, but, you know, he serves his purpose in the story. But that's kind of the point. So, like, this is set in a dystopian future... Um, and it's based on a comic, by the way, Judge Dredd comic uh, from 2000 AD. It's a English, I believe, uh, magazine that kind of originated from. And I think it's one of the it's one of the like longest running characters involved with that magazine. I don't I don't know too much about the history of Judge Dredd as much as I used to, so I apologize. But um, essentially, like this world is far off into the future and. The entirety of America has been divided into mega cities. So, like, the city we're set in is Mega City One, and it stretches uh, so far between, like, Boston, Massachusetts, and Washington, D.C. So, like, imagine that whole section of America, which is huge, but it's just one giant urban landscape, urban wasteland. Mm-hmm. And. Throughout the throughout Mega City One, there's these inchi- like incredibly large structures that are called, um, I guess, just mega structures. Like again, like anything in America, we're not creative with naming things, so it's gonna be a Super mega city. Me. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so it's a mega city, mega structure, mega whatever, and so basically these buildings are like entire neighborhoods. Not that like apartment buildings aren't that in its own right, but, like, this is, like, an entire, like, borough of New York City, basically, if not more than yeah. that. Yeah, well, that's, like, that's a good way to put it, because there's, like, a marketplace, like, it feels like there's, like, marketplaces, yeah. and a, a medical center, and all this stuff that's, like, just in this one building. So it's it's essentially, like, imagine, like, uh, like Soho in New York City. Like, it's just that, you know? Um, so uh, the, the, the whole movie takes place primarily in one of these mega structures and it's called peach trees and judge dread is breaking in a rookie now judge dread is a very black and white guy like you don't even see his face he frowns the whole time um he's played by carl urban and carl urban's fantastic in the movie um but his whole thing like basically the the law enforcement uh which is run by like uh the the hall of justice not justice league (laughs) but it's called the hall of justice and judge dread is probably the most notable of the judges which is like the cops there's a lot of world building so i apologize uh, if this is taking too long but um the judges are essentially these it's a police force in this like almost like a police state sort of situation where they have basically the authority to arrest or kill you like they they're they're pretty much given full permission to do whatever they want. It's like like a full on SWAT team soldier situation where like and 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 basically like breaking the law is so easy. Like you can be loitering or uh like you're a homeless person and you're just trying to, you know, exist and uh, a a judge will spot you and be like if you don't move from the spot 5 years in the ISO cubes. So, like, you're getting five years in prison because you don't have a home. So, <laughs> it's a little fucked up. <laughs> so, um, but but Judge Dredd is a very by-the-book, like, hardcore, badass kind of guy that's, again, very black and white. 
and he's he's given this rookie named Anderson, played by Olivia Thrillby, or uh, the anime girl as Joey Gosser. <laughs> guys, guys, have you seen this movie? Like, she just looks like an anime, like, not, nothing against her or anything no, like that. Like, no, no. She's a very distinct, she has a very distinct design. Yes, um, yes. I'll say. And she's good, and she's, uh, uh, was it Olivia Thrillby? Olivia Thrillby, uh-huh. yes. Olivia Thrillby. Yeah, and she's, you know, she's good in the movie. Um, but also simultaneously, she's like an X-Men character. Uh, <laughs> she is, as, as Carl Urban says, she's a mutant. So yeah. there are mutants in this, but it's not like X-Men. They're not like born with abilities. They're like radi- radiation, like superhero, like poisoning, but like they can turn into shit. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, so we meet Anderson and Anderson by all accounts uh had no intention of being a judge was kind of forced into it because she was an orphan and um didn't pass any of her marks so if anything she shouldn't have been anywhere near any of this but uh because she is a mutant and she has a very specific ability where she can read people's minds she's like Professor Xavier basically they're like let's keep her around yeah. So she's kind of forced into this, unfortunately. <laughs> like nothing she does in this movie is is her choice, but also like she just grew up into it, so that's all she knows. Yeah, so that's true. So it's kind of fucked up, honestly. There's a lot of fucked up things about this movie. Um. So, uh, basically, the like commissioner, I guess, uh, this woman is like, you know, take her under your wing, give her an assessment, and I want you to determine if she passes or fails to Judge Dredd. Judge and Judge Dredd just goes. Yeah. <laughs> He's a man of little words. Very uh, Clint Eastwood. So, um, basically, Judge Dredd and Anderson take uh, this job at Peachtree's, the megastructure there, for her assessment. And basically, uh, the job is that there's three people that have died, but not just died. They were dropped from the top floor and skinned. And so, when we get there, we learn that the entire block the entire building essentially was taken over by this one gang because it used to be all types of different gangs but now there's this one gang called the mama clan which is run by lena Headey's character mama who is sinister <laughs> like, like, like this is also during the time when lena Headey was still on game of thrones and that was still hot and she's she's great on game of thrones she's a great villain on that show um, and so obvi- obviously it's like, hey, let's bring her in on, in, in our world and have her be a villain here. Like, I almost would think, like, Cersei, Cersei's evil as shit, but, like, she's also very, like, I don't know, like, like, what would you say, like, between the two villains is, like, more, huh. It's almost, I almost feel like it's hard to compare, if I'm being honest, because they're both kind of, like, they're, they're, they're two very different characters. I, I think, I think Cersei, for me, just feels... Um, just feels really evil because, like, she's like the evil queen archetype. Yes, yes, that's a basically, good point, yeah. you know. Um, in this one, like, she's given like a like a backstory, like you know, she ha- she's got like a backstory. Um, not that mm. it completely justifies it, but like you know, she was a um, little. She was a prostitute, and she was like passed around and like abused, and so she took back her own, and um, she bit a guy's penis off, which. And so then that was sort of like her inciting incident to being like, I'm taking control. So she starts her own gang and she basically takes control of the entire block and she rules by fear 
and the fear and the fear of like yeah she's probably gonna kill me and she proves it by killing people so yeah yeah and she's she's ruthless yes um, no root no. <laughs> no no root <laughs> absolutely no root in her whatsoever oh boy um but it's I, I think what this this does a really good job it, it's almost like a weird oxymoron to say this but it's like it does a good job at like having a confined space but also making it feel like it's so big yeah um you know like is it, is it everything like shuts like when they shut down like the shut the defense like the fences and the gates and everything you're just like wow <laughs> like like you feel like you just go oh that it would echo oh, oh. like yes. it's it, like it's called a mega structure for a reason like it's it's kind of insane to think about like but also feels like this could be something that would happen in the future yeah like like if corporations and like the cops and like all these people gained even more power like if the republicans got their way then uh it would be like let's just funnel everybody who's poor or can't afford anything let's funnel them into one building it's like it's like that it's like that um that uh, analogy people would bring up of like what if we put all of these kinds of people into one spot which they already kind of do unfortunately in in america and many places of the world but like it's specifically like let's let's put more people so what do we do let's build a giant fucking building yes um so the building is is shut down it's such a their comms are down so they gotta sort of get <laughs> you know <laughs> they're kind of they're kind of as well so like um, what they learned too is that uh, there's a drug going around, and this drug is called slow mo, and it's like an inhaler. And so when you inhale it, uh, your perception basically, like the drug, basically makes your brain feel like everything's moving one percent at its normal speed or something. So everything's like, and there's a lot of great, like Joey was saying, there's a lot of great like slow mo hallucination scenes. Um, in the film and a lot, some of it's like, obviously like digital and like, you know, added afterwards, but obviously a lot of it probably done with like those high end, like slow motion cameras. Yeah. Like there's a bit when Lena Headey's bringing her arm out of a bathtub and you can see the water sort of like pulling away as she's like making this like kind of rainbow of bath water. Um, the, one of the first like big, uh, scene like like guns like shooting scenes uh happens in like a hallucination setting where the the judges break into this like room and they're shooting people and you see like this one dude a bullet goes through his cheek and it comes out and in slow motion you see the cheek like burst open yeah (laughs) like it's pretty but it's violent (laughs) yes no, it's, it's 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 a really it's well done. I mean, even though there's some darker like see, I can tell what is going on. The action is very clear. You know, it just sounds like I'm talking about the bare minimum, but it's 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 so true though. Because like I feel like there's movies where they just get anybody to make it, and it looks like like what, you can't see whatever. Shit. <laughs> like, I can't see anything, and I'm like I'm able to clearly tell what what's going on in these action sequences. Like in Helps like. All- like in Game of Thrones, sorry to interrupt, but like like in like those so, those two episodes, like that one specific episode of Game of Thrones towards the end, the uh, the long night or whatever. yeah, where yeah. it's like you mm-hmm. literally can't see anything, you know. Well, that was also that was also a case of like most people were. I mean, people were streaming that episode, yeah. so it makes it it makes it even worse because the compression is just so bad. But yes, um, it does help when you can light things uh, and, and light things nicely. Yeah, uh, you know. 
it's it, yeah but um it all looks like super great um and also i just love the idea of like the dread like the the, the judges other judges coming in and they're going against carl urban mm-hmm. like uh there's like 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 the even the judges can be corrupt which is like like a corrupt police officer is one thing and then like a corrupt judge feels like a whole different thing <laughs> yes <laughs> it's like fuck um but yeah so like they make slow-mo and they they learn that mama is actually the main manufacturer for the entire like mega city so this like massive place um the all the drugs come from peach tree peach trees yes. Um, and they find the guy, one of, like, the main henchmen of Mama's, um, who's the actor that plays him, by the way? Which, I'm sorry, which, um... Um, like, he's, like, the guy that's, like, they're carrying around the whole time. Give me a second. Wood Harris. Wood Harris? Mm-hmm. Okay. So, like, they're, they're carrying him around. He's very good in the movie. I've seen him in a lot of things, yep. actually. He's very good in everything. He, uh, seen. he's, he's an Ant-Man. Uh, he is an Ant-Man, yeah. Just looking at his, uh, his stuff, Yeah. <laughs> So they're carrying him around, and um, basically, uh, he's like their their one way ticket into like uh, getting a conviction on Mama, essentially, or having some evidence against him. And also, he's the one that killed the peoples specifically. So it's like, well, we got to arrest him. It's like a it's like a whole thing, honestly. <laughs> um, and the whole time they're just trying to survive because Mama shut the whole place down, as you were saying. And she's like, listen, peach trees, uh, I want him dead. If you don't, if anyone gets in our way, we're going to kill you. Um, so just so you know that that's, that's, that's what's going down. But it's like, at the same time, she doesn't even give a shit, uh, if like anyone's in her way. Cause she's like, she'll just see him. And when she means in her way, she doesn't necessarily just mean like, oh, someone's helping the judges. She means like, if you're standing in front of the judge, I will shoot you. Yes. Just to shoot the judge. Like, that's how... Bru- like, there's a lot of collateral damage in this movie. Quite a bit, yes. A lot of collateral damage. Like, there's this whole scene where there's three Gatling guns, and they're shooting an entire floor of peach trees to the point where you're surprised that, like, the building doesn't, like, collapse a floor. Yeah. Oh, my God. Just just to kill Carl Urban um, and uh, uh, Olivia Thrillby, and it's just insane just how excessive this is and even even judge red's like don't you think that's overkill (laughs) um but yeah then at some point because like they're realizing just how good dread is like you were saying they call uh a squad of of judges to come take down judge dread and um they were bought off with a million dollars it's like how much does the judge go for these days a million (laughs) And yeah, no that that just seems like something a little bit scarier than uh, the the judge uh, the judge that confronts um, Dredd, if I'm not mistaken, Lex. he had like a ama- like you yeah he he had amazing delivery. <laughs> he did he did all of his lines felt like they were taken right out of a comic book. Like what do you what the the Judge Dredd the Judge Dredd finally finds his way at the wrong end of a gun, and what he says is wait wait for what yeah. Wait for me to change my mind. <laughs> wait for that me. Was great. Wait for me to whatever else he says, and then he just goes, "No." <laughs> wait for her to shoot you. <laughs> There's a lot. Listen, that's another thing. There's a lot of great like one-liners. 
there there are some great one-liners but i feel like it's one of those things because the way that the tone of the movie is i feel like they don't call attention to themselves um, not so much in quite no. the sen- in quite this like because when you watch robocop there's no doubt in your mind this is an 80s <laughs> movie Stay that's not trouble. a bad thing <laughs> you know <laughs> can you fly bobby <laughs> um i and, like, like it with this Sorry. Like the tone of this movie, obviously, is very color. It's very colorful in in certain areas, um, and obviously, there's like the, obviously the Judge Dread character is feels like some from like another time, like a specific time and place. Mm-hmm. But just the way the movie movie is, it has totally. it, it's kind of interest. The tone the tone is very interesting because mm-hmm. it's a lot more serious. Um, it, it it's a lot more serious than what I was expecting it to be. Yeah, I guess. Um, and that's not a criticism either. I mean, I think no. that, I, it, it worked out. That's, and I do like the movie. I think that's the biggest difference as far as the satirical aspect is that this, like, Judge Dredd, there's, like you were saying, there's no question that that's a satire. Like, like even with, like, the, the commercial thing, because we didn't talk about that. Like, there was those commercials, like the Nukem by the whatever brothers. I don't know the name, but, like, or, like, uh, like the news reports. Like, there were, like, I, like, I remember there was that bit when, uh, We'd see like the like like <laughs> like the commercial or whatever. Yes, and then would cut to like um, some people in South Africa were like blown up or something. I'm like, what? <laughs> Just like the real news. Um, but <laughs> but no, that's not as present. This like I think the the satire is a lot more subtle. I think the satire is more just like the at like the world and the story itself. Yeah. Like, I think it's just, like, it's presenting it to you. It's not trying to, like, like p- paint it a certain way. It's very much, like, um, there's going to be a bit where he says, bike, crowd control. And then the bike's, like, anyone comes close to the crime scene, you get five years in the ISO cubes. Yeah. So it's, like, it's like it makes, like, you watch it, like, as a kid, like, like we were talking about the first one. It's, like, oh, this is so cool. This would be a lot of fun. And then you watch it as an adult, you're, like, that's fucked up. Like, yep. <laughs> like someone like maybe like trips and falls and it's like five years, mm-hmm. you know, it's like, like it's, it's that really scary thought of like all this power is given to this authority to the point where like, it's something we talk about a lot today, you know, with like, with cops, you know, that's a, such a massive thing. It's like, uh, police officers get so much funding, they get so much backing and it's like. And it's not to say every single cop is a bad person, but obviously there are some cops that are very much abusing all those privileges, and it's a scary, scary thing. And so it's like this this movie's going, what if that was like enhanced? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what if that was brought tenfold and it was like, hey, what if America what if what if America like this I guess this is basically the comic writers going what if America continued down its path? This is probably what it's going to look like. Right. So it's all, so all the satire is very much present, but it's not like, Hey guys. Yeah. It's, it's, it's presented. It's presented a bit uh, differently, but I think I can admire both movies for, for the way they do it. Same. Obviously they're yeah. both, they're both really entertaining. And because this is my first time seeing uh dread, I can easily see why this became like a cult classic uh, because this movie did not do well in theaters um which is actually funny because the the first the, the sylvester stallone dread did not do very well they were both um movies that didn't do they didn't do so hot um no they were they were kind of hoping this one would be because like they did the first one and the creators weren't massively in love with that first one, especially because 
to my knowledge, I think they presented Stallone as like the action hero type, and it's like that's not Dread. Dread's not like an action hero, right? Um, whereas whereas this one was more like in line with like yeah, he's 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 very black and white. Um, so like they were hoping that with this one, but it was also it was, it was kind of independent. It was kind of made like independently. It wasn't like pushed necessarily i think it was made for like 30 40 million dollars and it made just under its budget mm. and so not 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 enough was made to unfortunately continue it because there was a lot of people that really wanted a sequel carl urban obviously to this day has said he would love nothing more than to do another dread um and we love carl urban on that note um, yeah he we're huge fans of his i mean we he's he's is this the second time we've talked about him on our show because we did lord of the rings yeah we did all the all the lord of the rings we haven't done anything star trek um star trek related um to my knowledge this would be like the second time and he's he's great in the movie um i really this was a good time i also think this, i'm glad we finally did this double feature like we finally yeah. <laughs> put, <laughs> like, okay we did it it's oh we could finally end the show forever. <laughs> no, <laughs> we finished. Um, Sorry, haters. <laughs> do we have any? I hope not. Probably, if, but yeah, we know, probably so. do. But you know, hey, just don't tell us. <laughs> just hate it silently. <laughs> <laughs> hate it to yourselves. I don't know. <laughs> or if you, or if you legit, if you have legitimate grievances, let us know. Yeah, but, if, if they're legitimate yeah. grievances, but if you're just being like, I hate your voices, so there's nothing we can change about that. Uh, sorry. Hello, <laughs> my name is Joe Denny Dan. <laughs> like, stay out of trouble, kids. <laughs> I start, I, I start talking, Joe. I start talking like this, like, hey, let's. So, uh, welcome to the show, everybody. It's two, it's two dudes. <laughs> One one double feature. Uh, my name is Dude One. Um, Rich. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, there's no there's no art anymore. I've changed my name, so there's just there's no art anymore. I'm sorry. <laughs> but again, glad we got to talk about both these movies. They're both great movies. They're worth your time if you've never seen them. Definitely check them out again if you haven't seen them in a while. Uh, yeah, yeah. Folks. <laughs> what, what, <laughs> what, what what are your favorite like Paul Verhoeven uh, movies? What are your favorite three D movies uh, for that matter? If you have any, uh, I wouldn't know though. <laughs> no, you start. You still get it. Um, let me just say, let me just say, it's so funny that the whole time that whole thing was based on the fact that you thought I hadn't it was seen a misunderstanding in three D. Because you know what it was. I think you were talking about another movie. That you did, that you saw, that you saw, but you didn't see it in theater. See something in theaters. Okay. Like, All right. Um, and I guess I got to mi- mix up. I, I forgot what movie it was at the moment. It was something we talked. We definitely talked about it that same day. We were talking about. Oh my god, we're dread. Oh my gosh, and I'm trying to think what that could have been. Because like <sighs> I don't know, man. Because <laughs> like I will say, just to put on record, 3D movies that I have seen, dread is one of them. <laughs> I've seen Avatar yeah. in 3D. I've seen sure. um, the probably the most probably the one most memorable 3D experience I had was with How to Train Your Dragon, which I talked about that story when we did that yes. episode. Um, it's a whole thing. Go listen to that episode. It's it's actually a, a pretty weird scenario, but it was funny. Uh, mm-hmm. Not for my cousin though. I feel bad for him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
uh obviously the newest avatar i saw in 3d alice in wonderland i saw in 3d that was a thing <laughs> um maybe maybe i'll get you the 3d of that and you can watch that <laughs> you might already have it <laughs> i don't think about it i don't oh I don't. Well, guess what <laughs> i should have lied <laughs> But no, I have, I have, a, I, I do, I do understand. But it's just funny that that was that was the basis of all that. <laughs> was I, I spent all this time. But regardless, folks, uh, we hope you enjoyed uh, this week's installment of Two Dudes One Double Feature. Uh, you can follow us on our socials in our description. You can check us out next time. Have a good night, everyone. Stay out of trouble. Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And, of course, stay tuned for a brand-new episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature.